0: L.O.H. How is everybody doing this morning? Come on. How's everybody doing this morning? Nice. One more time. How's everybody doing? I'm going to need this. I'm going to need this. I feel like the last time I preached it was to nobody. So this is really exciting. I got to take it all in. Uh, I got two times to do this. But if you guys don't know me, I am uh, Dustin Wharton and uh, I'm the youth and worship pastor here. Uh, shout out Move Home. Really doing some awesome things. God is God is really good. Anyone a part of Move Home here? Any parents or students in this room? Yeah, Lance back there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Quiet. They're, they're louder on Sunday nights. It's a really good time. every. Uh, shameless plug every Sunday night at 6.30 downstairs. So uh, God is really doing some great things. But I'm bringing the word to you. The Gospel of Luke, and I've really been excited to bring this because God's really, really been speaking to me um, about the upside down kingdom. God been speaking to you about it. It's been challenging for me. Um, I want to talk to you from the perspective. What God has been challenging me with is the upside down life. OK, so we've been talking about the upside down kingdom and um, kind of setting up the stage for Luke and how these Jews from reading the Old Testament and studying scriptures, they believed that Jesus was going to come a certain way and set up his kingdom and his reign, but he came a different way. He came an unexpected way, right? A baby born in a stable in a manger, right? And he came to the least of these. He came to the outcast and the broken. He came to the poor, the people that didn't have it all together. And this is what Jesus wanted to set up his kingdom like rather than come and be that victorious general that maybe they thought and maybe even sometimes we think. And so I want to talk to you guys today, despite what you've heard, uh, us millennials, or despite what we've heard on the outside in our individualistic society, what it means to follow Christ, what it means to follow Jesus, is often very much the opposite of what the world says and the secular viewpoint. And it can be considered, in my opinion, the upside down life, the upside down life. Let's open up in our Bibles and start in Luke chapter nine. And I want to set this up for us with this scripture. Everybody good? Yes. It's gonna have to be more than Roberta, okay, <laughs> all right? I know her and Pastor Tim have this thing, but we, ha- we haven't talked pre, so I need, I, need, I need some more, I need some help. We're all in this together, amen? Amen, amen. amen. Let, let's, let's open our hearts to the Lord and say, God, I wanna receive from you. I'm not waiting for a seed, I'm, I'm ready to take, I'm ready to receive, let's, let's, let's go, you know? Chapter nine, verse 23 and 24. Jesus says this, see it on the screen there. Then he said to them all, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will save it. I'm going to read verse 25. If you got your Bible, you're with me. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit their very self. Jesus is not only the way by which we are saved, but Jesus is the way by which we live this Christian life. And we can take words that are about Jesus and they can have a layered meaning that says we should model our lives in this way. Exactly. And he went first, right? He went first. Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross. In other words, whoever wants to be my disciple must die. Must die. I have this seed here, let's pretend. I put in here seed illustration, have a seed in your hand. I don't have a seed in my hand. I wish I did. Okay. There's a seed in my hand. Wink, wink. There's a seed. You are a seed. You might say, Dustin, I I feel like a seed. Worthless little thing thrown on the ground. Limitless potential in this seed. Limitless potential. You may not look like much. You may not have much to offer, those gifts and those things that you didn't even know are inside of you. Are right there in that seed. You are that seed. But you must be planted. You must die to bear fruit. In Luke 13, unless a seed is planted in the ground, they remain a seed. Or not, and then you plant. And what do you become? Whatever the Lord wants you to be, I worry sometimes, if I may, that we try to become Christians without dying. And we try to marry these two things that don't work. Say, I'm this seed, why aren't I bearing fruit? Well, there's Gospel 101 where we have to die. There's a prerequisite to living this Christian life. And unless you get there, young person, unless I get there, we will be living a confused, confused and, and hard-pressed, bitter life. Because we're not seeing the fruit. We're not seeing John 10:10. 10, 10. We're seeing the other part, where the enemy's stealing and killing and destroying, because why? We're trying to marry a man that doesn't belong. He needs to die. All right, let's pray. <laughs> Lord, I thank you for your message. I uh, uh, need your anointing that breaks the yoke, that breaks the chains. I feel like there have been things people have held on to for years, and they have been their co-pilot, and they need to go. That, that person inside of you, some of you guys are already, already it's, it's coming up. I prayed with my wife last night before we're going to bed. There's is the thing we've been trying to do. And, and I, things people have been holding on for years would fall off in Jesus' name. The thing that never belonged. It never belonged there. Oh, God, I love you. Jesus, Jesus, do your work in your ministry in this room. In your name, amen. 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 I have awesome kids, Duke and Dakota. Have you guys met him? Duke just turned three. He's probably watching this right now, coming to the 11. He's an awesome, awesome kid, it's amazing. And Dakota, she's 10 months, I think, and she's amazing. She's a better kid than Duke. (laughs) Duke is wild, but uh, I I might need to ask the 11 o'clock service about this, but do you have any messy kids? Raise your hand if you have, like, a messy kid. Or maybe you're the messy one. Okay, no, you guys are the 9 o'clock, so you guys have it all together. You're on time and everything. I I get it. I get it. You're not fooling anybody. You're not fooling anybody. The benders back there, I'm sure. (laughs) I have a messy kid, okay? Duke, asked my parents. Duke, if he goes into a situation and sees toys, the first thing he does is not look through them. He just dumps them out. He just dumps them out. And when he's done, he'll just go to another set, which he has a million at his house. No thanks to us. We're not buying all these toys. His grandparents, everybody else. Grabs another set dumps them out and before you know it my wife has to clean three four times a day you know oh oh gosh that was bad when I come home I will i clean three (laughs) four (laughs) times we're a team babe we're a team so when I do it we do it you do it we do it yeah we're a team uh Duke is messy he's he's really messy and you might be like, yeah, I'm really messy. Like, I love the appearance of having it all together. Like, like someone was coming over yesterday or something and we would be like, let's, let's make sure that they don't think we're messy, right? So like, let's, God forbid we act like we're like normal people and have a messy house every once in a while. No, it's like, No one's ever touched that, you know? Make it look like no one's ever touched that. Anyways, our house is a mess almost all the time, okay? It is. It's a beautiful house. We do a lot of, every time, if you come over, you won't notice it, right Ollie? It'll be perfect, it'll be great, okay? But then Duke messes it up. Anyways, sometimes we'll go to bed with the house a mess. And that doesn't, Chantel's not happy about that. I'm not, does anyone like to go to bed with the house a mess? Mom always cleans it up, okay? There was one time we were going to bed, and God God speaks to me in the weirdest ways. I'm going to bed, and our house is a mess, and I'm about to walk up the steps, and I'm like, man, that's a mess. And I go, I turn the light off, and I was like, that feels better. (laughs) (laughs) I promise you, I promise this happened, not just making it up. That feels better. And I felt the Lord speak to me, you know, it's still there, you know, still there. And uh, I I got to thinking about our lives and how easy it is to mess up our lives, to be in messy situations, things you wish weren't there, that you know you need to address. You don't like it there, but you just go, flip the light off, and you go, oh, that, that, that feels better. And there's things that we need to confront, things we need to face in our lives that the light's been switched off. And sometimes it's running from church. Sometimes it's running from different things, running from certain people. And you have just flipped the light off. And God has stopped you in the midst of time and says, you need to confront this. You need to confront this. It's killing you. And running will never heal you. And God doesn't want to just fix your life. He wants you to exchange your life for His. He wants you to die. That messy place, those hidden places that you've yet to confront, and you've even tried to marry them, all in the name of grace. But it's not working out for you. Don't this morning, don't this morning flip the light off. Let's confront and let's face some of these things that God wants us to face. And as I'm gonna talk about some things that we need to face in dying to ourselves and living for Christ, I believe that this message is not a negative message. It might start like that or come across like that, but it is the most freeing message you'll ever hear, I believe, in Jesus' name. We gotta start somewhere. What are some things that we need to address? And this, this could just be me. Uh, I told them in the, in the green room. I believe that even as I'm talking about things that need to be confronted, things that I don't even mention, God is speaking to you right now. The focus is not the things to get confronted. You, you, you confront them and then you, you kill them and you focus on Jesus. I'm not, I'm not even really talking about your sins and your temptations. I'm not, really. Christ died for them. Let's get rid of them. Let's focus on Christ. Let's lay aside the weight and sin that's usually entangling. Let's fix our eyes on Jesus, right? But let's, some of these things that we have married and and held so dear and even surrounded our lives around, these things need to be confronted and addressed. And number one is pain. Like like I said, this is me. This is me. I'm 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 not the infallible word of God. This is what I'm... Have you experienced pain? Was it telling you something about life, about yourself? I, I believe there's two different types, probably more, but two different types of pain. There's good pain and there's bad pain. And I think a lot of people, even in the church today, in the society, have really struggled with a lot of pain. And I don't want to belittle all the pain that you've gone through. I actually want to give great empathy and compassion towards those people. And I pray that you be close to them right now. God, you'd be close to them. So some good pain, good pain, just, just for kicks. It hurts to work out. Doesn't it? It hurts for a time. Yeah. Uh, Sometimes you're sore, then you work out again and you're sore and you're like, is this ever going to end? And you're sore. Yeah. Most of the time, all the good things that you should be doing in your life are challenging at first. Arnold, can I quote Arnold in a message? Arnold Schwarzenegger? You guys ever heard of him? It's the reps after the pain that causes the growth. He says most people that work out, they, right when it hurts, they drop the weights. Those reps after the pain are the ones that causes growth. Amen, Arnold 316. (laughs) What about your life? The reps after the pain. You just throw in the towel? Just give up? God's given everything for you. He's died. What you know, what you've experienced and you've encountered, you just give up? Did Job Give up. Are we living for this life or what are we living for? I just preached a message. Heaven is real. Is that our focus? Or is it I got to save myself, control all my environment, all my situation, and this has to be my best life, is it? Or is heaven real? I just have a few. It hurts to pass up the dessert. But after a while, if you don't give in, it's easier. Right, Dad? Weight Watchers. It's easier. (laughs) Dad's really good. He's doing Weight Watchers. It's 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 impressive, Dad. It is really good. All right. (laughs) All of the spiritual disciplines can hurt. They're challenging at first, but then they're freeing eventually. Let me just say a few in case you've forgotten reading the Word every day. Miss one, what's Craig Grishel say? You miss one, don't miss two. Not a big deal. You miss one, don't miss two. Being in prayer, worship, tithing, giving, fasting, even though it hurts, God, I'm living for you. You know, one of the things I, I, I feel called to impart to this generation, and myself needs to be the first one, is prayer. Because Just just listen to this. I I feel like God gave me, you know, when you're reading the word, it's beautiful. You don't realize what's happening to your spirit while you're reading, okay? But at the same time, your intellect gets just a little bit of a high. It's like exciting, you know, you're reading more about God, you're knowing more about God. So you get this little classical conditioning thing in psychology where you go, you know, I had this intellectual high, so I'm going to go back to that. Not only does it help my spirit, but it helps this part of me as well. Worship, beautiful thing about music and song and worshiping and you don't know what's happening to your spirit when you worship despite what you feel, you don't know. But at the same time, oftentimes, we get a little bit of an emotional high. And it's good, it's not a bad thing, we get a little bit of an emotional high, but one thing about prayer is you don't get that. Prayer is totally dying. Prayer is the thing that Jesus said, my house should be called a house of prayer. Prayer is totally opposite of what you feel in the flesh. It doesn't feed any man. It kills the flesh. And that is the lost art of the millennial church. About to say millennial falcon or something, but it's not, that's not it. No, it's not it. We're go, go, go. We're gifts, gifts, gifts. We're talents, talents. It's amazing. Let's keep going. Let's stimulate ourselves. Let's share it on Facebook. Let's Instagram. Oh man, microwave. Everything's great. Uh What about this place called the altar? What about while it was still dark, Jesus went away? Wait, Jesus is perfect. Why does Jesus need to pray? Why does Jesus need to get alone and pray? Dustin, why does, does Jesus not have enough gifts or enough charisma or talent to do the works that God's called him to do? Why does Jesus need to pray? But Dustin, you don't need to pray, do all these other things, but you don't need to seek the Lord. And just a thought. Wait, that's good pain. It's good pain. Spiritual disciplines and a time. It hurts to not hold a grudge and forgive. It hurts to pray. I got to that. It hurts to do the things good for you. The more you do it, the less it hurts. And it will be worth it. Amen. You get to heaven, it'll be worth it. Stand before God, you'll be happy. You'll be excited. Because it's just continuing this relationship, continuing this ongoing journey, and eventually you'll see him in full view and full face, and we just, with unveiled face, we just say, ha. Ah. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord, if we'll be able to stand. You know, heaven will be more joy than you've ever had. And each day will be more joy, more fulfillment, more satisfaction, more of everything you've ever longed for every single day. And it'll be a million days. And we still, we still have so much more to go because Jesus is infinite. That's our God that we serve. Man, that's what we look forward to. Not that paycheck on Friday, even though it can feel good at times. Anyways, bad pain. Let's get to bad pain, bad pain. These are things, remember, we need to address, confront, face, look at. Holding hurt, holding a grudge, holding resentment, the pain of loss. Hope deferred makes a heart sick is the word. Not home yet, the pain of guilt and condemnation, the pain of offense and accusation, the pain of unanswered questions, the pain. There's a lot of pain in this life. Paul experienced it, but Paul tells us to die. And I think if more of us would die, it would help. Doesn't take away from the pain, but it helps in dealing with it and suffering. Because when you die, Oftentimes the pain will go away. Colossians 3 says, Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts, my brother and sister that have been struggling with pain and anxiety and depression and all those things that are beating down on you and sickness and and disease. Set your hearts on things above, not on earthly things. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is. Seated at the right hand of God, set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For what? Everyone say that for you died. One more time. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ. Come on, somebody. Amen. The pain. Confronting it, not dwelling on it, not obsessing over it, not making it your uh, supreme ruler. Don't let pain sit on the throne of your heart and on your life. Set your mind on things above and be set free in Jesus' name. Number two is this, pride. Have you been self-aware enough to see the pride in you? Anyone have a pen? that means you could hear a pin drop I don't I don't know if you're if you're if you're falling when when pastor Tim talked about Julius Caesar a couple weeks ago remember that I came I saw I conquered you know what and that's like the upside down that's different that's like I told Shinto, I was like I absolutely love that I came, I saw, I conquered. Oh, I testify to that, Julius Caesar. Come on. Are you guys so Christian? Like, I came, I saw, I conquered. I want to live my life on that. I came, I saw, I conquered. But Jesus came differently. And I wasn't going to get all bent out of shape and condemned because I felt that way. But what God God revealed to me was that there's a part of Dustin that has that that needs to die. Because it's not like Christ. There's a part of me, call it, was it being an athlete and stuff where you just want to be the biggest, the baddest and the best, you know, pride. There's a part of me that needs to die. And I was sharing that in staff a couple weeks ago. And Devin, I'll give you credit, brother, uh, for this. But he said, you know, when, when in ancient Rome, behind a victorious general... So like someone like Joyce Caesar or something, they would be coming into town, a parade, a victorious general, they would have a slave behind him. This is cool. Devin, you're like a history man. There was a slave behind him and he would whisper, you too must die. So a victorious general in ancient Rome, you too must die. While you are a God on this earth. Why, you think you're bigger than everybody else and better than everybody else. You've got to the highest pinnacle, this platform. You know what? Your life is but a vapor, too. And you're mortal, too. And you think you're in control of everything. You think you're your own Lord and you're your own God and you don't need this crutch called Christianity. Man, it's just a vapor. And before you know it, you'll be standing before him. No, no. And we miss it. We have a free gift of salvation, and I don't want to miss it because I'm living for myself now, and it's a blink. It's a blink. I don't want to be obsessed with myself and this Julius Caesar mentality that I came, I saw, and I conquered. I want to be like Jesus and come and serve and give my life as a ransom for many. The creator of the universe, the one with all power and authority in the palm of his hand came to be a servant and wash people's feet. Come on. Come on. That's incredible. Paradigm shift. that's upside down right there. The one seated on the throne. Come on, have you read it? Have you read it? There's fire in his eyes and a sword coming out of his mouth that when people see him, they can't even stand. That's the God we worship, the God that we serve. Is anything else worth choosing that over him? I can answer that for you. It's not. No girlfriend, no boyfriend, no job, no fulfillment or salary, no investment. It ain't worth it. It ain't worth it. Paul's in prison and somehow content with nothing to show for it. But he got it. Do we get it? Here's what I'm calling. I'm calling a restoration of the altar in the church. I'm just talking about the church. I heard a pastor, a well-known pastor say that people don't go to the altar anymore and I'm not going to plant my flag or whatever. You know, this might just be something that we've created and people can go to the altars in their hearts. I believe that, but I get a little bit concerned I get a little bit concerned because where Jesus took me from someone dealing with a lot of stuff as a single boy and a teenager, you know what did a lot of good for me coming to an altar and dying and pouring my heart out to the Lord. Not because I needed to go on the cross, Jesus did it for me, but I needed an altar. I needed a place where I could go. Have you? When's the last time you cried in the presence of the Lord? When's the last time He broke you? And that person inside of you said, I can't believe how far away I've gone. I need to return back to that place. And it's not a place here on this earth. It's a place of the heart. It's an altar of laying your life down like Abraham did. Every time God blessed him and promised him, you know what he did? He built a big altar and worshiped. Every single time. That's before the law. He built an altar and he worshipped. Let's build an altar. Let's restore the altar because that will restore the power. Or are we trying to marry our life, our flesh, man, with the spirit man? And see how that affair goes. I was talking to Ollie at work. I like to talk. I don't know if Ollie and Hunter listen, but I talk a lot. And I was sharing this to Ollie, and I said, Here's what it's like, Ollie. It's like you going home to Alexis and saying, Hey, Alexis, you're my number one. You're beautiful. You're great. I love you. I'm married to you. But I have this side chick. And, uh, you know, when you don't satisfy, I'm going to go to her. <laughs> You know what he said? She would kill me. (laughs) (laughs) She would kill me. I have it. That's true. But are we trying to do that? God, I've tried so long. I had my plans and my aspirations and my ambitions. I want to go to the NFL. I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to do that. God, can we work with this? Make this polygamous relationship work? Or does something have to give? Does someone have to give in this relationship? And it's clear. It's it's not hard. I mean, it's hard, but it's it's clear something's got to give because the flesh desires what's contrary to the spirit. Something's got to give. Something's got to give. Yeah, I'll skip that. But basically in Luke 19, Zacchaeus got it. You can look it up. in, In Luke 19. This man that's built his whole life around money and finance and accounting and all those types of things, finds Jesus, has lunch with him, sells half of his possessions, gives him away. Why? He's a dead man. He found life. What else does he need? So I guess I didn't skip that. Okay, number three, perfection. Perfection. I don't know how I got to be struggling with this, but I struggle with this in my life. Could it be because of uh, Denzel Washington, remember the Titans? We will be perfect in every aspect of the game. You drop a pass, you run a mile. I I could quote it for you back in my day. We will be perfect. And I go, Denzel, Coach Boone. I love that. I want to be perfect. You drop a pass on my team, you'll run a mile. Five, how many, how many feet are in a mile? 5,280 feet. All oh, he knows the whole thing. Okay, that's a good movie. You should watch it. It's a good Sunday nap movie. You watch it and you wake up at the end and they're holding the football in the air. That was a good one. I struggle with perfection. I've, re- I've really struggled with it. It's stupid me, right? Stupid me. Uh, like I, I take sports for example. I obsessed over football for four years, pretty much. There was a time when I was getting, and some of you guys know my story, which is awesome. There was a time when I had an opportunity to play at the highest level, highest level. And I was training at Georgetown and uh, I would work out in the morning, get a great workout. I mean, literally like just an amazing workout. Then go to class, then I'll go home and sit down. And I literally couldn't even sit. I like literally couldn't even sit. I was like, someone's working out right now. <laughs> I'm a head case. I mean, if you know me, come on. You're like, of course, that's him. He can't even sit down. I'm like, i would go back to the, I go work out, go run. This would be daily, twice. And Some people might be like, wow, I work out three times a day. I don't know. But for me, that's like obsessive, trying to attain something that's really not good for you. And it's not good in church to be seeking this perfection model, right? How good can we be, you know? How, how good did, did I say, um, in my message? Like, you know what I mean? Like, or, or how I'm living my life. Like, I, I, can't, I can't say this, I can't say that, or I can't do this, I can't do that, or I'm so in my head about everything. Perfection is not good, and that should not be our focus. We're saved by grace through what? Faith in Jesus and it and is righteousness imparted to us. I'm not working for my righteousness, thank the Lord. And I don't seek perfection, I seek Jesus. For Jesus is perfection though. I don't, but, but it's not my preconceived ideas of what it means to be perfect, you know? What it means to not mess up, not do any, no, no, no. I'm focusing on uh, Matthew six, right? Seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, his impartation of righteousness, and what? All of these things will be added unto you. Michael Todd, pastor of Transformation Church says this, we focus, we aim for progression and not perfection. You could hear him saying that. We aim for progression and not per- perfection. What does that mean? We're on a journey, right? This isn't all, oh, confrontation day today, and we're all good. No, no. So I'm, I'm going to focus on these things that might cause weakness or might cause my mind to get off. And I'm going to progress into becoming more like Christ. We are on a journey, church, a journey of weakness and meekness, a journey of the gentle servants of Jesus, the sons of the king. Yes, but a humble, sacrificial king. Jesus, he came to serve. And I just need to add this in here because I know this is where we're going as a church moving forward. But James one twenty seven says that true religion that God our Father accepts, right, faultless, is looking after orphans and widows in their distress, right, and keeping oneself from being polluted by the world. If we would really, let's just think about that. Not becoming perfect, Not Dustin has to develop his self in such a way, whoa, 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 whoa what's, what's the true religion? James 1.27, you can look at it later, and Pastor Tim's going to be talking. and that Because that's what Jesus came to do a lot with the outcasts and the poor and the widows and the orphans. So in confronting perfection, we seek not our own idea of flawless or faultless and do away with the past and the old people or... I'm sorry. We don't do that. We seek He that is perfection and let our progression be the goal. Amen? Amen. Amen. And then the the final thing that I think we need to confront, this is just me. Are you getting something today? Say amen. 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 Power. Power. All of us want power. Unless you're just me. (laughs) You want power, Thanos, you want power. Where's Jay Klein, he's here. Yeah, all of us want power. How do we get it? And what is our motive for getting it? Let me tell you about the Upside Down Kingdom. Let's go to Luke 9 again. It's just the next one, I think. Is it? It's the first slide, whoever. Wants to be my disciple. Whoever wants to be like me and follow me. Deny themselves. Take up their cross daily and follow me. Whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will save it. The way of Jesus. Dying. See, here's the upside down kingdom for you. When you give, when you give, you receive. When you sow, you reap. When you give up, you find everything you need. When you break, you are put together and mended. When you lay your life on an altar, you find a life of abundance. When you become a slave to Jesus, you are most free, when you are weak, you are strong. When you lose, you are victorious. And when you die, you find resurrection life, amen? Amen. That is the upside down kingdom. That's the gospel, amen, thank you, amen. This is the gospel, so how do we die? How do we die like i said at the beginning jesus is a great model because he lives perfectly right if you're like how do you not not that i'm attaining for perfection but like how do you live perfectly what does god say exactly how jesus did right so open up your bible to luke 22 and let's look at essentially how jesus died and the band can kind of get ready would be cool uh, right now now it's a little ahead of what i said but kind of resting a few areas longer than I thought. But um, Luke 22, they told me before they had a, two hours for the service, so they three, three, okay. I didn't know you guys were the three hour crowd, that's good. <laughs> crack! I cracked myself up. <laughs> How did Jesus die? Luke twenty-two, verse forty-one. Look at this. He withdrew. Uh, yeah, Luke about the details, you know. He he withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them. Luke, what what scale is that? Luke, uh, stone's throw. All right stones throw beyond them, knelt down and prayed. This is the garden of Gethsemane, right? Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. An angel from heaven appeared on him and strengthened him and being in anguish, God of all creation, Jesus, on this earth, being in pain, suffering. I don't don't know who's the, the bad pain people in this room. Here's Jesus in anguish and suffering. Here's Jesus in anguish, suffering. He's praying. He's in anguish, he's suffering, he's praying. Come on, let it out, let it out. He's, He's in anguish, suffering. You're gonna be set free this morning. Maybe you're watching. You're gonna be set free this morning. What did he do? And he prayed more earnestly. Thank you, Jesus, for showing me the way. And his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. pour your heart out to the Lord. This shows everything that we talked about. It showed pain, it showed not pride, but humility, praying. And it showed God's will, Matthew 6, over perfection. Not my will be done, but yours. And that's the way that we die. Galatians 2.20, memorize this verse, young person. I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. How do we die? How do we die? Jesus showed us. Jesus showed us. And we're not called to live for ourselves anymore. Why? We are the bride of Christ. And we want to be ready. We want to prepare ourselves for the time when we see Jesus face to face. He's coming back for a bride. And God, I want to be a part of this all our whole body full of many members with different functions all using them for your glory and your honor why because we've laid aside our selfish ambitions we've laid aside all the pride and the weight and the thing that causes us to be slaves to this world and we want to be slaves to righteousness we want to follow you jesus we want to honor you with the way that we live our lives we want to be the bride the beautiful bride that you return to god living a life worthy of the calling we've received in Jesus name hallelujah but I want to go one step further because this isn't just about ourselves let's stand this isn't just about us this is for a purpose this confrontation this response this altar that you're making is for everybody else you're saved and some of you that aren't saved I want to give you an opportunity to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You can receive him right now. But you're saved, and this gospel, Luke, we, we've said this is our title, the gospel for all people. Jesus gave us the motto in Romans eight thirty-one. Paul writes this, by the breath of the Holy Spirit. A lot of times we think this, We go, we go, God, this is amazing for us. But listen to this. Let's model our lives after this. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen it is God who justifies I want that to be our mindset for people I am for people I am with people and 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 God did not spare his own son I don't want to spare anything what do you need what do you need what do you want What do you desire? I want to be a church that gives. I want to be a person that gives. Open up my heart. I'm not living for myself. God, you're for me. I can't even get over that. You're for me. I want to be for people. I want to be for people. I want to be for the outcasts. I want to be for the broken and the drug addicts. I want to be for the people that are mixed up sexually. I want to be for people. I want to to help them get through all for God's glory, all for his kingdom. When you die to flesh, you see eternally, you see clearly. I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you with this giving giving and maybe fasting I say maybe because I I, those are two things I, I just listen I've stepped into this realm the last couple months just being honest can I not to gloat give and fast and I've never seen so clear never seen so clear This isn't a popular message, but Lord, we we need you. We need to see clear as the church today. Amen. Come on, amen. We need to see clear. Help us not to marry and fog and uh, compromise. Not saying here, you know what I mean. You know what I mean. Doesn't have a hold on you anymore. Giving makes it not have a hold on you. Giving makes your flesh not have a hold on you because it doesn't make sense. I didn't plan to say that. It's just what I felt like the Lord challenged me. This is a gospel for all people and you know what to do. There is place up here, but you know what to do in response to these confronting these things in your life. I believe it, but here's what I want to remind you. This is not a call to take up a heavy burden. It's a call to lay down the heavy burden, which is your life. Can I say it again? This is not a call to take up a heavy burden. It's a call to lay down the heavy burden which is your life. Wanting to be in control, lay it down. Having to be the judge, lay it down. The offenses, lay them down. The bitterness, lay it down. The resentment, lay it down. The unforgiveness, lay it down. The weight of the sin, lay it down. The burdens and come and treat it for His. Come to me, all you who labor, and I will give you this yoke. Take off the heavy yoke. I pray for every person this morning. If there's a person in here that hasn't received Jesus as not only their Savior, but as their Lord, I pray that they would make that decision right here and right now. They would make a decision for you. It's the best decision you'll ever make. And now you start a journey, a journey and a progression to... I know it sounds crazy, but to die daily to yourself. Luke doesn't mince words. Luke is the only one that says take up your cross daily. Luke adds that little detail in there. Daily, every day. So have we died today? Christian that died in 1974, have you died in 2021, today, this morning? Have we died? Lord, we need refined. (laughs) There's so much purity in this room. So much gold. Help us to be refined in the fire. Pray for the people that desire refining, people that desire restoration. Pray the flesh has been king for too long. Help us, Lord, to be people of the spirit. Free, free. We love you, Lord. Have your way in this response time. May your spirit be so strong. It's the anointing of Jesus that breaks the yoke. So have your way. Amen.